0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Edge Talk Radio. My name is Angela Zabel. That's me. And I am here today with Heather Lee Strom, and she is with Connecting to Healing Dogs' Canine Spirits. She's an author. We're going to be getting into more of her stuff, and I can't wait because I am so interested. (laughs) So who am I? I am Angela Zabel. I have been connected to spirit my entire life, working with a team in the non-physical. I've been sharing messages from a multitude of realms with people. And I am a teacher, coach, medium, radio show host, writer, retreat host, gallery reader. I do speaking engagements, offering guidance, mediumship. I also do online and private group sessions and private sessions, classes. And I have the Amplified Universe monthly membership, which is growing our connection to us, our world, all that is around us and our role in it. And I am sharing knowledge with others, working with people throughout the world. You can find me on pretty much all the social media aspects. Go to my website, AngelaZabel.com, and it'll lead you to everything you need. (laughs) And today we are here with Edge Magazine. This is Edge Talk Radio. Edge Magazine is the leading events and media resource dedicated to all aspects of holistic living, health, wellness, And the mysteries beyond sharing information wisdom resources committed to promoting businesses organizations and individuals who support our collective journey to wellness and wholeness and balance and that you can find out more about edge magazine at edgemagazine.net and today we are here with heather lee strom and she has if you've ever thought of your dog as just being here as a loving, support, and joyful playmate. But your pup is potentially so much, much more. According to Heather Lee Strom, your pet could be the physical conduit for your canine spirit guide. In her groundbreaking book, Canine Spirit Guides, The Healing Power of Man's Best Friend, Heather Lee reveals that these unique spiritual energies are here to guide us on our journeys of healing, growth, wisdom, transformation, and spiritual evolution and ascendancy. And the ones that chose to enter our life through our own divine, through us, are divinely matched to you, to teach you that your soul is calling to learn. But Heather Lee, she is, she has the own, excuse me about that, she would only discover this about herself and for humanity after having passed through many decades of a deeply difficult life, beginning with a verbally abusive and emotionally absent father, then poverty, crippling accidents, loss, and more. Fueled by sheer determination and will pain, and through pain and repressed rage, she nevertheless created three highly successful careers in dog training, physical therapy, and cycling. That's a very different aspect altogether. (laughs) Today, Heather Lee will share the story of how her canine companions each came to her with specific gifts at a specific time to move her toward healing and a joyful life and how she has become the channel through which the canine spirit guides are bringing their messages and frequency and transcending to all of us. You can learn more about her at Heather Lee and also caninespiritguides.com and we're going to have the links down below so don't worry about it it'll all be there and she also has a free gift the free ebook six signs the canines are working with you through your dog and a concise it's a concise handbook providing examples of how the canine spirit guides might be attempting to communicate and assist you daily through your own dog and she has it and that's going to also going to be a free download the link is going to be downloaded. Uh, down below. And that is also HeatherLeeStrong.com. She also, through her website, she's also on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And also check for her book on Amazon and on Audible. So how cool is that? And just so you know, she also is coaching, consulting, mentoring. She has her books, courses, virtual and in-person events and sessions. And Heather Lee, I am so happy to have you here. Thank you for coming on. And I'm just curious, how did you start this path of working with the canine spirits?
1: Yeah, thank you, Angela. Um, unlike you, I have not been doing this for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a newly awakened star seed, and I got my marching orders um, in 2020 during lockdown. But they didn't actually, I didn't actually become activated until just last year, 2022. So um, it was quite the process, the awakening process for me. I knew it was coming, I could just feel it. Um, And I started to build a team around me a team um, consisting of a numerologist, an astrologer, a -hmm. hypnotherapist, and a clairvoyant shaman.
0: Wow. You had quite the team. <laughs>
1: yes. I, uh, I knew it was going to be huge and that's all I knew. I could just feel it. And I knew I was going to need support that it was going to be something that needed to move fast. And it was going to be a little bit out of my comfort zone.
0: <laughs> so As I think most spiritual awakening. Is.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I just buckled down and, and, and placed all my trust and my confidence in the team I had built. And I didn't question anything and it just came rolling in and I just went with it. So um, the canine guides started calling to me in 2022 when they told me to write their book. Mm -hmm. And these are not the sole entities of our dogs. They are beyond that. They're they tell me they are the intergalactic version of our dogs. If you can imagine that, because that's pretty darn exciting. <laughs> that is exciting. That is, there's,
0: You know, and what I really love about having you on is there is so much to our world for all of us to understand and for you to bring another piece together. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah.
1: And it took me a long time to figure out what this was exactly because um. I knew that it, at first I just thought it was my dogs, my dogs that had passed on speaking to me. And it took me probably until I was almost done with the book to go, oh, this is a <laughs> lot more than that. <laughs> and then it, it wasn't until maybe six months after the book was published that I finally understood. It wasn't just that I was to write the book and share the story, but that I was supposed to share the actual healing frequency that they had used on me while I wrote their book. So, you know, none of this was laid out before me when I started it, there was no plot. <laughs> there was no, no map to what was about to happen. I just kind of went with everything I was shown and everything I was told and I just rolled with it. You know, I never knew I was going to be doing spiritual healings. I had no clue. Never done them before. Didn't know I could. <laughs> and, and, you know, if they
0: would have told you this, would you believe them?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm a very trusting soul. And, um, you know, once I, once I trust the source, I will trust what I'm told, you know. Um, but yeah, I would have believed it. I just, I don't know. I just couldn't see it. From the beginning, I couldn't see the end until I got there. And I'm still not at the end. But, you know, I never saw this coming at all when I started writing the book.
0: And that's, you know, that's the thing. I I, I keep, so I have a team I work with on the other side. And they're saying, you're at the beginning of the end of this chapter. The next <laughs> chapter is just beginning again. Right. <laughs>
1: And you just roll with it. You just have to go, you have to be in total flow, because the more you try and control it and understand it, the more you just gum up the works, you know, you get in the way. So, and then that's the hardest part for people, you know, they want to know how to do what you do, but they, they lack the ability to let go. (laughs) And it's not possible if you don't let go. (laughs)
0: That is very true. It's, it's the ability to kind of ease back and go, I don't know how it's going to end, but I'm willing to take the ride to see what happens.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally, totally.
0: (laughs) So as you started doing this, so I, I, I kind of, I read through some of your book and and I I have some points I want to bring up a little bit later. But as you started on this journey, you've been working with dogs. Have you been working with dogs like your entire life or a good chunk of your life? How does that work? And what was that about?
1: Yeah, I my mom says I started training dogs when I was four. Um, I absolutely started was training dogs when I was 11 and it was. A bit of it was a hobby, but um, it was a pretty serious hobby because I was training other people's dogs, and I was writing contracts for the, this training service that I was doing. So, <laughs> yeah, that, was that pretty would, serious.
0: <laughs> that would be
1: pretty serious, yeah. <laughs> um, and I was competing with my dogs in AKC obedience. And when I was 12, I got my first experience with Schutzen training with my first German shepherd dog, which kind of was a prelude or a preview to my adult uh, path I was about to to take. Because as an adult, I became a national competitor in that sport. and never saw that coming either. Um, <laughs> so so-
0: well, for those who don't know what is it, I don't know the correct pronunciations, Schutzu training.
1: Schutzend, yeah, Schutzend
0: training. Can you t- say t- explain what that is a little yeah. bit yeah.
1: Yeah, Schutzend is a German dog sport, and it was designed as a working and a breeding suitability test for the German Shepherd breed. But it's evolved into the largest dog sport in the world. and um, it now is an all breed dog sport. So it involves a tracking test an obedience test, and a protection test for the dog. So it's kind of like a triathlon for the dog and handler team. Um, so it's a pretty thorough assessment of the dog, the temperament and the working ability of the dog. In Germany, they use it for the German Shepherd breed to determine whether the dog is suitable for a breeding program. Because I don't, in Germany, I don't think they'll allow a dog to be bred if it isn't titled in Schutzen, so.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's different. That I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I know it was a pretty intensive training with everything. And um, for those, like with the German Shepherd breed, a lot of that is for protection. Is that correct? For for um, personal protection?
1: The sport, you mean? Is that? Um, well, the sport is not a very good assessment for a dog that could be used for personal protection. Okay. Um, because it's it's more of a sport. So the, the dogs that do well in the sport are not completely serious dogs, like they're not the same type of dog that you could walk down a dark alley with and they would bite a person for real, you know, um, because they have to be controllable, they have to be approachable in the sporting um, arena. And and if they just start biting people for no reason, it's not a good thing. <laughs>
0: That's not a good day. <laughs>
1: From anyone <laughs> but but the, there is bite work that's what the protection phase is for so they have to demonstrate that they could do it if they were commanded to do it um but a lot of them do it in a in a state of play and not really in a state of kill you know
0: <laughs> right right
1: <laughs> so as you
0: started down this journey of you run training dogs you you did cycling too you kind of did the gamut of a lot of different aspects bringing it all together <laughs> yes. At what point did you start, you said in 2020, you started, there was like that shift, that spiritual awakening within yourself. Mm-hmm. What, what shifted at that time from going from training dogs to now tapping into that canine spirit guide?
1: That's a good question. And it wasn't an obvious transition because my favorite dog died 11 years before that. And mm-hmm. so I was in a holding pattern and I I describe it as a cocoon because when Tori died, she's the first dog in the book. When she died in 2009, I I went into this dark place. It wasn't it wasn't something that was obvious to other people. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I was done. I was like holding. Like I was in a, in a suspended state. Like I wasn't myself, I was waiting. I was very uncomfortable. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know where I was going and what I was doing because the dogs had always defined me throughout Um, my life. And now I was, I had lost the only dog in my entire life that I wanted to grow old with. I lost her at five very suddenly. Wow. And so that hit really hard. And I had two of her daughters and I didn't want anything to do with them. I was so angry (laughs) that I (laughs) lost their mother. I wanted nothing to do with them and I actually told them that they could go they could go they could leave this planet I didn't want anything to do with them and they didn't need to stay for me (laughs) And they just kind of looked at me like yeah you don't know what you're talking about (laughs) there's there's more
0: plans at play yeah (laughs) yeah
1: they knew a lot more than I did so they held me they literally cradled me and the more I tried to push them away the more they said no dear That's that's not an option, you know. Um, I lost one of them before I awakened. She and she did not want to leave, but her body gave out, Mm. and um, she she struggled. We had to we had to euthanize her because she had such bad cancer that it was eating her alive, and you could smell it. Wow. And and she couldn't. She was getting to the point where she couldn't walk. It was just awful. I couldn't tolerate it. And when they tried to euthanize her, she refused to go. (laughs) No, I'm not leaving. (laughs) She wasn't done. (laughs) I was just begging with her, please don't, you know, don't make this harder than it is. I mean, I, I have to let you go because your body can't hold you anymore. So she finally agreed to go. um, But I was left with her, one of her sisters that um, was not my favorite of the two. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so you know I was just like all twisted around and lost and she continued to hold me and during COVID lockdown I had to well I had decided before that point I was done with dogs when this dog died when Nikki died I wasn't getting any another dog for the first time in my life I was going to be free of dogs I was going to travel the world not have to take care of anybody and I was feeling so good about it. I was so excited that, you know, at some point soon, I was going to be dogless because Nikki was 12 at that point. Oh, yeah. But during COVID lockdown, I got a sign and it it was a pretty uh, intense, uh, unexpected, unbelievable. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I don't want to ruin it for the people who are reading the book. It will blow your mind. And it just sucked all the wind out of me when I saw it. I was just like, you know, could not believe it. And Nikki had the same response to it too. She was like, oh my God, (laughs) my dog. Um, And I, I just, I didn't put the two together at that moment. I didn't know that the awakening was coming. So I didn't know it was a sign. I just knew what I was looking at was something significant it had a big meaning that I didn't currently know, but that I would know soon. And that's when I kind of started to tune in and realize that something was coming, something was going to about to happen. And I wasn't, I had never had any psychic abilities before this point. And I didn't have any psychic muscle before 2022. So I didn't, wasn't even tapping into the canine spear guys at that point yet. Um, But yeah so that that was kind of the turning point of when I knew something was about to happen
0: and as you went through that and so they are going to have me bring up something so when I was reading through your book you you started the canine the uh, working with the canine spirit guides as you had this interaction and I'm going to leave that back also because they're like people will get it when they read the book yeah as you had that interaction, it started making you think different, think bigger. It's kind of like there's gotta be something more. There's something more for me. And there was a part in the book, and I won't give away the whole thing, but in chapters five and six, they talk, you talked about the flare of betrayal yes. and Tori. Yeah. you had brought up tori yeah. and how you had inner turmoil on the feelings of betrayal and how you worked through those feelings and to compete again and how tori was so in tune and you found it connected back to old patterns in this lifetime and others and you said this happened by working with the canine spirits they took you back to kind of clarify some of this too so when you had this awakening you you knew something was coming you didn't know you were going to have to go back and kind of resolve some of these things <laughs> but as you started going through that you were looking and things were coming in at what point did the canine spirits come in because when they be working with you on this going back on things that had to be a little bit further into the journey with the canine spirits. Am I correct on that?
1: Oh, yeah. That wasn't that wasn't in real time. That was as I was writing the book that I saw that, that they showed it to me. Yeah.
0: And so as you've been working with the canine spirits, you worked with your own dogs. Then you started connecting into there has to be something more than just the dogs you're working with did they start coming into you? Did you start getting the sense of them more? Was it more of seeing, feeling, sensing? Was it, was it talking? Was it all of the above? And how did that first start?
1: Oh, I, that's a great story that, because uh, that was, <laughs> that was incredible um, because when I first started writing the book, I thought I was just writing these beautiful stories about my dogs. Cause I've had so many and, and, <laughs> I could, you know, they told me 10 of the dogs to put in the book, but I didn't know why I didn't know what significance they had. So I just started writing the stories. Well, working with my mentor, he's like, tune into the dogs and they'll tell you exactly what to write. And, And I'm like struggling to try and tune in and hear them. And, you know, when we first learn this kind of stuff, it's really hard to get going, you know? Yeah. So I'm sitting in meditation and I finally see one of the dogs in front of me. And it's Zozo, which is a big Malinois that I imported from Belgium. And he's, I can see him, his mouth moving. He's talking to me, but I can't hear anything. And I'm like, okay, you've got to turn it up. I can't hear you, you know, and I'm trying to get him to talk louder. And still it's just mouthing, you know. And I get so frustrated, I stop and I text my mentor and I'm angry I'm like, I can't do it. He's, he like, won't well, turn it up, I can't hear him. And he says to me, what's the emotion that's coming up right now? And I tune into myself and all of a sudden I realize that this dog, his, his whole purpose in my life when he first appeared in my life as the German Shepherd dog. So they were the same dog that reincarnated. Um, the first time he appeared in my life was because of my abusive father and I didn't have a voice. I wasn't allowed to speak my voice. So that's why I couldn't hear him or that's why, you know, he was, his voice wasn't loud enough. That was my voice as a child. And I, and as soon as that realization came over me, all this energy washed through me and I'm like, Oh my God, that's it. So then I go back to meditation. I go, okay, bring it. I got it now, bring it. (laughs) And all of a sudden this energy washed over me. It was like a, it was, it looked from the outside. I would imagine it looked like a seizure because all this energy just moved through me. I started to tremble and shake and the energy moved upward. And so my body just went into this position, like a, a spotlight my mouth was open wide and all this energy just went straight through me and up and out like a big spotlight. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm like telling every, it was like, I was hearing myself say, here I am. I'm here. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I was announcing to the multiverse that I was here
0: And you wanted to make sure they could hear you this time. Yeah, my voice just
1: exploded. And these sounds came out of my mouth. I didn't know what in the heck they were. My corgi was laying behind me. And I thought for sure she had run for the hills because I didn't recognize my own voice. And it was just all this emotion just came pouring out of me. And they were just dumping the tanks. They were just removing all of this restricted energy that had been there for a very long time. I had tears streaming down my face, but I wasn't crying. I didn't feel bad. I just felt this massive power rush through me. And as soon as that was over about, you know, 20 minutes later, I sit down and try and free write. And after about 10 minutes of free writing, this poem comes out And it's the poem from um, Oscar and the the second guide in the book. It's his introductory poem about, you know, why he was in my life and what purpose he served
0: Uh and,
1: um, and what the job of Oscar is for humanity. It was really beautiful, but that started it all. That was the first experience I had. And so each time I worked with them, I received a healing that, that purged all of the trauma, all of the memories, the feelings, the beliefs I held. And that ended up being my roadmap. That's how I learned like what things which guides worked with and worked on because that's what they did with me. So when I was writing Tori's story, her guide, Anthea, was demonstrating to me okay during this experience i was sharing with you x y and z this was what this was your tag your tag of persecution you always feel like you're being persecuted because you can't you're not loving yourself or you don't feel like you deserve to be loved of course because of my childhood i didn't think you know i deserved to be loved because i wasn't loved but um she was showing me that and but even more she actually she literally healed me of it during our session like instantly so i,
0: I love that i think it was is beautiful to read and to, and to see how they took you back into it and how you could see uh, from a new perspective yeah happen and, and and to see like this is your chance to shine i love the fact that i don't want to give too much way, but how you did move through it even at that time without the guidance of this canine spirit guides now, but more of the guidance of your dog, yeah, had the spirit within him to yeah. help you move through that and to help you do the competition and to help you move forward. And it's like those pivotal moments in our life, there's always somebody or something there to help move you through it. As you were going through this book, because I, you know, I could see where you've been writing, and then as you're writing, you're kind of going back. The whole book seems like it was a healing journey all the way through for you.
1: Yes. And it went in order. So they were very specific about the order of the book. So the, the book does not go in chronological order at all. It goes in the order of the guides and that's the order they prefer to work in. So, you know, people have to deal with the, um, the shadow side work first before they can elevate themselves to the higher work the higher expressions of energy. So the tanks have to be dumped of the lower vibrational frequencies before you can start adding in higher frequency. And that's where so many people try and take shortcuts and they want to know why it's not working because you cannot sustain higher frequency when you're absorbed with lower frequency. You have to, you have to resolve that first. So the guides had me go in, a, in that um, order so that they could demonstrate all of their points with each guide in that order. So they came in um, they, they came in a mixed bag through chronological time because of certain things in my life. They needed, I needed a certain guide. So I was fortunate enough that I had a revolving door, door for dogs in my life. So I had all these dogs coming through. So I would get a different guide with each dog. Um, not everybody does that. Some people have one dog their entire life. So in that case, you might have different guides swapping out as you reach a different point where you need different assistance and different energy and different healing. I love that. And and for people to realize,
0: you know, sometimes you may have a, a guide that'll kind of stay with you, but other times they're gonna be switching and turning and helping you get through especially the points in life where it's like sometimes the most traumatic, having a specialized guide that comes in. And for you, you were I feel I'm just feeling from them, you were so lucky to have the guides and the dogs that would help you get through that. It's just feeling like when things got the toughest, you could always, you know, put your arms around the dog and and put your heart and soul out of what was going on and help move through that. To have that comfort level from the physical dogs you had, yeah. I think is is so important for you. And there's a lot of other people out there that they have dogs, they love their dogs, and they're moving them through. For them to kind of look at their dogs a little differently and realize they're there for a reason yeah. and you know a lot of times we say we choose our dogs but they choose us too yeah. <laughs> and to realize you both chose each other in that moment to help you move through something and moving through that with the physical dogs you've had and you've had quite a few yeah it it feels like like some of them did you have dogs that were like a lot of times, almost pure joy, just like a joy to be with and just so joyful to be around. Is -hmm. that something you had with your life going through? Mm -hmm.
1: Well, that's that's the Anthea um, dog. So and that's what she is. She's pure joy. And that's what she's here to connect us with is our own pure joy and self love. And so anytime she was in my life, those dogs were like pure joy, you could not wipe the smile off their face, no matter what was happening. And they loved everybody and didn't meet any strangers and never stopped wagging their tail. (laughs) (laughs) And not, not every dog is like that. So, you know, that, that's a tried and true Anthea dog. And I always recognize Anthea when I see those dogs, that's Anthea coming through.
0: Did you find that when you had them in your life was, were those the times sometimes where you were sometimes handling the most stuff going on in your life is when you had the anthea dogs with
1: you um no not necessarily the most stuff that was where i was probably the most insecure and i was retracting inward and and afraid to know myself to be myself to express myself i didn't i like i said like it says in the book i felt persecuted by the world and you know it wasn't safe So I certainly couldn't let myself shine if I didn't feel like I was safe. But another big point that Anthea made in the book was that I didn't even know myself. So it wasn't even possible for me to let myself out because I had no idea who I was. I had never connected with my soul. And one of the other guides is one that will literally show you your soul. But Anthea had to, you know, um, unbury all of the the lower vibrational frequencies that were whole that were just encasing me and keeping me captive so that I couldn't make the connection with my own soul
0: you know that's one of the things I love How when when you're talking there's a lot of people that when you ask them who are you they don't even know and I'm I was one of those like if you ask what do you want who are you I don't know I, I couldn't a few years back, I could not have answered the question because I really didn't know. And there's so many people like that. Who are you? I don't know. Yeah. And for you to work through it and to find out who you are, you're and you're still discovering, I'm, I'm discovering, we're all discovering every day. But to know you can find out who you are, you mm-hmm. can tap into who you are and as you've been tapping in and doing this, have you found that your joy and your happiness is more now than what it's been before?
1: Oh yeah. So (laughs) that, that was another big one too, because what I had thought was joy isn't (laughs) even close. (laughs) I mean, and, and a lot of people think that they are joyous, but when I tapped into the divine joy, that was a whole nother level. Like, That's not even earthly joy (laughs) that goes way above and beyond. So, um, you know, the more people that can tap into that divine joy, the pure divine joy, the less we're going to have the negative frequencies here because you can't hold it when you're holding that divine joy.
0: I agree with you. You know, that, that's something, the more you tap into the other side, the more you tap into that joy, you, (sighs) You're still living on the earth. You're still doing it, but it is a whole nother level of joy. It's a, it's a level you feel in your heart and your soul. And
1: you could have stuff going on around you and you're still happy. <laughs> and, you, and you can't hold it in. No, you, you have to share it because you cannot hold it to yourself. Absolutely. And, and I had never felt that before ever. It was incredible. Absolutely incredible.
0: And I love the fact that you said you thought you experienced joy before, you know, I had thought I did before too. Until yeah. you experience that joy, that's just—it's just different. It's—it's yeah. almost—it's hard to describe. The it is of it.
1: Yeah, it's like well, my mentor—he likes to use the analogy of a fire hose. So, you know, when you're when you're not a fireman and someone hands you a fire hose that's turned on. You're like, whoa, somebody control this thing. You know, you don't have the skill to control it. So when you first tap into that divine joy, that's what it feels like. Oh my gosh, you know, (laughs) overload. (laughs) What am I going to do with this? You know, because you don't know how to um, capture it or shape it or direct it. And you have to develop the skill to be able to hold that kind of frequency and um, direct it. So, you know, when it comes in now, I just start directing it out. Here, you take some, you take some, you take some, and just share it, you know, because <laughs> it's not meant to be held, you know. To get, I don't know if you get.
0: I don't know if you actually could hold it. <laughs> it's so powerful and so <laughs> going out. I yeah. I love the fact how when you're saying, when you're feeling that, you're just like sending it out here, sending it out here, sharing it with others. And And I agree with you. The more people tap into the, into that, the more people tap into that divine, that divine love, that energy out there, that pure joy, Mm -hmm. the negativity just can't survive. It really
1: can't. (laughs) And, you know, that's the only way to deal with it. Uh, You know, people want to, you know, judge and say, well, they should do this, they should do that. Or, um, you know, focus on what other people are doing and they shouldn't be doing. And, and my approach is just to hold the higher frequency. The more of us that can hold it, the more people are going to want to be where we're at. They're going to want to be like, Hey, what you guys doing? That looks fun.
0: You know? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It's like when they, it's like when, you know, there's a lot of people here who are listening, who are impasse and, and kind of pick up the energy of others but as an empath, as you're walking around the store, walking out in public, people will come up to you randomly, might tell you their their whole story. Did you ever stop to think that's you're just emanating and
1: radiating out there? Yeah, I have a block for like I don't I refuse to be an empath. <laughs> <laughs> um I I can. I I certainly pick up on people's stuff, but I don't want it. So right when I go into a public place, my, sh- I, the first thing I say, when I open the door shields up, <laughs> I don't want it. You guys can come to where I'm at. If you want to engage, I'm not coming to where you're at. So I do not pick up other people's stuff. Um, you know, as I'm moving through life and I don't even tap into other people cause I don't want that stuff. Oh, um, absolutely. and, and the more they see where I'm at, the more they're going to be curious. Well, You know, I don't want to hear your stories. You tell yourself all the time. I don't. There's no productivity in that. You know, let let's talk about how to heal it, so you don't tell that story anymore. But and that's what I do with my clients. Is we get right into healing. We don't talk about, you know, the the negative frequencies they keep repeating. That that's a mask that Oregon comes and just takes away, takes it off of you, so you don't repeat those stories anymore. But um, yeah, that. That is a problem because a lot of times what people will do, the empaths, they will lower their frequency to interact with these people. And so then they're just drawing you back into that lower vibration. And that's not what we want to happen. We want these people to come up to our vibration.
0: I like that. And that's for people to realize when you're an empath, you don't have to, like you said, sink down to that level. Instead, Mm. stay where you are. Yeah. Bring them up. And really, we're all here making a change to this world. The yeah. more you stay in your own energy, the more you stay in that higher vibration, more people around you will come up to it.
1: You just got to give yeah. them a,
0: little bit of a chance.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, now that I'm in a higher frequency, which I've never experienced before, you know, 2022, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even feel the lower vibrations anymore. I can't. I know that people are there. I know people suffer. I know people are angry. I know there's a war going on, but it's not in my periphery um, because I'm here and, and that's where I want to stay. And Matter of fact, it's working with viruses, actually, because viruses are lower vibrational frequency. Everyone around me is sick and it can't touch me because I'm not lowering myself to that frequency. So that's another reason to do it.
0: (laughs) And you just touched on a really good point is a lot of sicknesses and illnesses. When you, when you're, when you feel your frequency lower, you're starting to resonate with some of that. So when you're seeing it around, you don't fall into it. Work on yourself and work on how can I feel better? And like you said, a lot of things in the world are done on frequency, on vibration. and when you realize that, you start adjusting yourself frequency wise and vibration as to what you're going to resonate with. So to be very aware of where you're at. And it's easy to do, think like you said with the war, with everything else going on in the world. but it's to know about it, to observe it, but not take it on.
1: That's yes, key. Don't buy into it. So I don't listen to media. I don't watch the news. And, you know, people used to tell me that they were like that. And I'm like, how can you not watch the news? And now I understand because I don't want to buy into that frequency. I don't want to buy what they're selling.
0: Absolutely. And that's, that's really when things, when things are making you feel bad, you really got to watch and go, why am I watching yeah. this? If it's making me, yeah. Feel bad because if I'm doing something, it should making me be making me feel good. Right? Turn it off. Turn the channel. Go. Go watch the funny dog videos. Yeah, you're better off watching the funny pet videos than watching. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So as you started going down this path, you started tapping into the canine spirit guides, Mm -hmm. and you've been listing some of the spirit guides. So can you kind of go through, tell us the like the spirit guides you've been working with and like what their I'm thinking their specialties are?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a great question. So the in my book, Canine Spirit Guides, um, I introduced the first four and they call themselves the core four. And mm-hmm. I have a quote to read you because, um, it took me a while to realize what the core four meant. So they downloaded an explanation for me the other day. (laughs) I'm
0: glad because I was just going to ask you to explain that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I, I I like to read it because I don't want to mess it up because it was just perfect when the way they said it, they said that the core four, um, are here to help us get down to the core, the core meaning, the core emotion, or the core experience that needs to be released and this is very serious, deep work. So the core four is is, and you'll when you read my book, it feels serious. The first half of it is kind of heavy until you can get through that frequency, and then the second half gets you can feel the um, energy elevate quite a bit. Um, so they want us to unravel and get. To core programs, beliefs, and tags. So that's what the core four do. And in the core four, we have two female um, energies and two masculine energies. So Anthea is the first guide we work with. She resonates with the the, um, golden retriever and the cheetah. Beautiful, beautiful energy. These guides work, um, they're very unique guides because they are conjoined Uh, angelic and guide frequency. So we get the benefits of both entities in one specimen. So the the dog breed that they choose to identify with gives us a, 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 a good explanation or example of the type of energy this guide or the type of personality or the qualities that this guide is going to be highlighting or working with or demonstrating. So Anthea is the golden retriever. She's always happy. She's (laughs) all about joy. She's all about love. She loves everybody. Her cheetah is a very, um, fast, intense, very smart cat. Mm -hmm. Uh, they don't waste energy. They know exactly where to focus their efforts, their time, their, their energy. They are not going to chase after something they're not going to catch. Yes. You know, they're very smart cats and they have the ability to work in a group or to work alone. It really doesn't matter to them. Whatever they're called to do, that's what they do. So there's a lot of, uh, and this is the energy the guide wants to share with us, is, is the wild animal energy, the energy of the cheetah. So when she is calling to you or when I'm working with her in a session with my clients, we might see the golden retriever part of her show up, or we might see the cheetah part of her show up. And it will depend on what she's trying to communicate with you, what type of healing you require at the moment, what type of energy we need to you need to embody in order to bring you up to the next level. Um, So it's very specific to that guide, exactly what needs to happen. Um, She's a very motherly, she's kind of like, she reminds me a lot of Gaia, Mother Earth energy, Um, really supportive and um, kind of a grandmother type energy, you know? Love Uh,
0: that.
1: Yeah. So, and she works with a lot of my clients because she's kind of the basic level. So a lot of my clients will start with her. So I see her a lot. The next client or the next um, canine spirit guy (laughs) is, is Oscar and he identifies with the lion as the wild animal and the black and tan coon hound. (laughs) Interesting combination. (laughs) He's a very sovereign, masculine energy, very quiet. He's kind of like the, the grandfather that doesn't speak much, but when he opens his mouth, it's always extremely wise and powerful. Nice. So he's even very soft and quiet when I work with him. He doesn't say much, but his energy is incredibly powerful, potent, and effective. And you know, with the black and tan coonhound, this, this is a pack animal, yet the coonhound also knows when he needs to walk his own path. So he's not afraid to do his own thing and to follow his own calling, regardless of what everyone around him is doing. Um, and the lion, this, this is a big symbolism for our courage and our voice. The lion's voice carries a mile um, mm-hmm. and our ability just to hold our own confidence. So when he shows up, uh, just as in my example in the book, I couldn't speak For myself. I couldn't speak my truth. My voice was extremely stifled. I wasn't allowed to speak. So Oscar was holding my energy for me, literally holding my pieces until I could take them back because I was so fractured. But at that point in my life, so traumatized that I completely shut down, wouldn't speak to anybody, didn't trust anybody. And he, the physical dog stood by my side. Nick was that dog in my life, the German Shepherd. He literally stood by my side and held me as I was being, you know, abused by my father psychologically. He w- he always moved to my side and said, I'm right here, I'm right here. You know, don't worry. <laughs> Um, but that's what he comes into our life to do is to help us reclaim our voice, reclaim our courage and our confidence. And as soon as we are capable, he gives it back to us because he just holds it while we can't. Um, and so that's what he helps my clients with. The third guide is a huge jump on the spectrum. That is Oregon. And she's on the cover of the book because she is my favorite. Um, She is the Black Panther and the Basinji. Very elegant, elegant guide. I was she, wondering
0: why you chose that for the front of your book.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean that was the first image that we were able to put together. And when I saw it, I was just my breath was just it just took my breath away. I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's her!" You know, <laughs> um, she is incredibly, also incredibly powerful. She's she's elegant. She reminds me a lot of Princess Diana.
0: Oh, nice that,
1: that type of royalty elegance. Her voice is very quiet and distinctive. Um, she has a very important job and what she does is she takes she identifies the mask that we wear that um, and these masks are, they're twofold. So one side of them, the outside, is what we show the world, the version of us that we show the world. On the inside of the mask is a mirror. And this is where, we see the parts of us that we don't like (laughs) this is where we see our pain and our secrets and the lies we tell ourselves and because we see this here this is how we see the world so if we are seeing the world through all of our pain then we're not able to see clearly Nice. You know, we, we can't filter. We're, we're filtering all of what's happening through our pain. So all we're seeing is our pain. So she comes in, identifies the mask, says, here, you don't need that. She takes it off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Literally so just do I- rips,
1: rips it off <laughs> your face. And just, I've seen all kinds of masks. Uh, I did a group session and we had like 12 people in the group. There were 12 different types of masks that people were wear- wearing. So um, it can be anything. It can be on the front. It can be on the back. It can be full body. It can just be like the eye mask, you know, Um, it just depends on what, what you're using. And these are very um, subliminal masks that we create, subconscious masks that the ego creates so that you are not um, damaged by what you think other people are capable of. Um, but yeah, it's a protective mechanism that we develop because of our trauma, uh, in order to try and protect us, but it doesn't really protect us. It, you know, filters, um, our experience here instead of allowing us to receive divine joy, wisdom, and, and beauty, it's filtering the ugly things we don't like. And that's all it's showing us.
0: You know, that's one thing I think is really important for people to realize. A lot of times when you talk about the mask and the things that protected us, there's so many things that we couldn't handle on our own. We we couldn't, we needed something to protect us in those moments in order for us to survive, to move forward, to then be able to go back and take care of them and clear them out later, but to not look at the protection as a bad thing, but like it's a think thank you for being there for for giving me that protection. Yeah. Well, I could handle it when I got to that point. Yeah. I have a big sunlight and there's no sun.
1: (laughs) That's Oregon. She's talking to you. (laughs) That happens to me when I'm working with her too. Just all of a sudden this beam of light comes in. (laughs) I've
0: got this light everywhere. And I'm like, there's no light.
1: (laughs) There's literally no light
0: coming in. (laughs) It's crazy.
1: Yeah. So uh, she's a lot of fun to work with. So when my clients get to that stage, it's it's very exciting because, because a lot comes out of that realization and that freedom. When you just feel that mask come off your face, you feel naked. <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh, I've never felt this way before. Absolutely naked, vulnerable, trusting. Um, and then, you know, and I always tell them to show gratitude for that mask because nothing that happens to us is, is wrong or evil, or dark. It's just what we needed at that moment. And now that we have more knowledge and more maturity more skill, we can let go of that stuff and send it on its way, you know, transmute it back into love and light, recycle it, and enjoy life as we're meant to enjoy it, instead of dragging around our baggage. Um, But the fourth one is, he's very special, Daman Yalaran eric is his name he has three names none of the other guides had that many names I had to have someone help me because I don't know any foreign languages and I feel at a real disadvantage with some of these names because I can't roll my r's and stuff um, right
0: there with you I can't roll my r's. yeah
1: so I don't think I do his name justice but I sure didn't know how to spell it so I had to have somebody help me with that but um he's the um bald eagle and the pug Wow. and he's a really interesting fellow very masculine energy a little bit arrogant <laughs> um and that's not a judgment
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is a beautiful picture so for the users yeah. you're listening make sure to check out the youtube video because the picture is yeah. beautiful it's and- really full of energy
1: of course, all of these pictures are in the book, and also the the book has its own web page where all these pictures are listed, and also you can meet the dogs in the book that the guides came through, and, and that's on um, caninespiritguides.com. Nice. But um, yeah, all of these photos, or they're not photos, the images were created in the specific energy, the specific frequency that the guides chose. And every little detail about the picture is very, very important. So with this picture here, we see um, a pug, which has a short neck. And we see a bald eagle, which also has a short neck and a beak, right? So when I tuned into this image, what Eric explained to me was this uh, neck, the swivel neck of the eagle allows him to precisely direct us through multiple dimensions.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. So, and his job title is, um, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember specifically what it was, but he connects us with our intergalactic soul, our intergalactic story, and helps us move freely between dimensions. So he acts as a guardian when you're working in other dimensions, and he also escort you to where you need to go specifically. Nice. And yeah, and um, that's how I progressed so fast. I wrote this book in six months. And when I started this book, I had no knowledge of my intergalactic self. I didn't know I could travel to other dimensions. I didn't know I could visit with other intergalactic races. I, I mean, I had none of those skills. But because of his assistance, I was able to gather that skill very, very quickly. Um, and that's what he helps my clients with. So a lot of times when he is on, on the job, we're dealing with you know, past life issues that need to, that are coming forward now to be released and transmuted and understood. And sometimes it's your your life mission that he's sharing with you so that you know why you're here and what needs to be done. It's a very powerful session with him. Not a lot of people have made it to his level yet. So it's always fun working with him because I'm never sure what's going to happen.
0: I was going to say that has to be fun working with him. And as, mm. you, as you were writing this book and working with him, because so I'm assuming, and I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm assuming as you were writing the book more of each of these guides came out more as you were writing and you were having these journeys and these interactions with them. And as you started having the the interaction with him, were you, was he basically taking you on like a guided tour per se to, to some of these intergalactic aspects and how did that work for you?
1: Well, this is interesting (laughs) because He was the only one I hadn't met face to face while I was writing the book. Now I knew he was there. I knew he was participating, but I, and I knew I, what I wrote in the book was what he told me to write. So it wasn't that I knew that about him because I had experienced him yet. It was because he told me to write it. So, you know, each, each guide I worked with, I got more and more healing. So as I went through the book, I could, I had more and more skill, more and more ability to connect with them. So I get to his part and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. All right, I'll write that. And, and I, I wasn't sure about what I was writing, but I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do what I'm told. Well, after I wrote the book, um, I sent it to the publisher and I was excited that I was done and I decided to do something nice for myself. And I went to an ayahuasca ceremony. Uh, are you familiar with ayahuasca? Yeah, I am. Okay.
0: And you could yeah. maybe you could let people know in case they don't know what ayahuasca is. Oh,
1: okay. okay. Ayahuasca is a very powerful plant medicine. She's a feminine um, teaching plant and um, she will teach you. And if you don't have your shadow work done before you work with ayahuasca, she will take you uh, aggressively through your shadow work. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's probably more than you wanted it's more than you bargained for and if you resist it's even all, more awful <laughs> um, and i do recommend that you do your shadow work before you sit with ayahuasca because when yeah. i did it that way it was very wonderful it was it was a, quite an experience and uh, i was told through my guidance exactly how much ayahuasca to take. And um, unfortunately it was a lot higher dose than what my facilitators were comfortable giving me, (laughs) especially since I had never sat with ayahuasca before. I had never taken the drug before. So they were really uncomfortable with what my guidance was telling me to do. So we managed to find um, some middle ground because I wanted to honor their um, you know, expertise with the medicine and also honor my own guidance, which was telling me something different. So we found some middle ground and a, and a dosage I was comfortable with. And I was instructed to, um, how did they put this? Um, travel into my darkness, I think they said. Um, and I'm like, oh dear, what? What did I not do, you know? What, what did I leave undone? <laughs> what am I gonna find out? Yeah. Um, um, so I, I wasn't sure what that meant. And um, it was a very interesting experience. Usually ayahuasca, this is the second night. So the first night I took ayahuasca, she was very kind. She appeared to me, she looked like a person mm. and just a teacher. So she was just explaining things to me, just very gentle, talking, teaching me everything. And it was a very positive, fun, beautiful experience on the second night when I had to take this really high dosage, I couldn't find her anywhere. I'm like, where is she? Where are you? And this experience I was having was, was really uncomfortable. Um, I felt like I was just being squeezed really tightly and I could, there was just all this debris everywhere. I like, just junk in the way I, like I couldn't move. I couldn't see, I couldn't turn around. And I kept calling for ay- ayahuasca. I'm like, where are you? <laughs> why, why am I alone? <laughs> Why'd you leave me alone? <laughs> and, um, and I wanted to bail out. I, I asked my facilitator to give me the salts to get me out of this. It was so uncomfortable. And he's like, no, you, you will not be happy with yourself if you bail. And he gave me a breathing technique to try and get me through this uncomfortable part. And I'm so glad he did that because when I did the breathing technique, I heard a whistle in my, it was like, it made a whistle between my teeth. And I'm like, oh, that's because I noticed when I made the sound, ayahuasca showed up. I could suddenly, I couldn't see her, but she would say, I'm here. So I'm like, oh, that's how I can call ayahuasca. So then. Then I felt safe again so I went back to my my journey and it it's like it's funny with ayahuasca because you can you can completely pull yourself out by just opening your eyes and then you can completely go back in by just closing them. So it's an incredible medicine to use because you have total control. You just have to remember to open your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> remember to open your eyes. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> So I went back into my journey with her and every time I got uncomfortable, I would just make that sound and I'd hear her say, I'm here. And she was kind of behind me. Mm -hmm. So I I journeyed forward. And, um, and as I went through the process, I got more and more uncomfortable. And this is what, this is what Ayahuasca does. She takes you to the point of, of ego death. You feel like you're going to die. The first night I, I could not get enough. I was so air hungry. I couldn't get enough air. I was on all fours trying to, you know, get air in my lungs. And I'm like, why is no one calling 911? You know? <laughs> What's happening? I'm going to die. And you feel like you're going to die, but you're totally fine. And, and this is what she does. She takes you to the point of ego death so that then you're you're within your own soul energy. So I didn't know at the time, but I was literally traveling to the the um the very middle of my own soul. So I was going through all the uncomfortable parts. I was going through all the human parts to get to the very center of my own soul. And when I got there, my my corgi showed up, Gigi, and she carries um, Eric. He's, he's her guide through, he's my guide through her. And I saw her there in, in my journey and I'm like, Oh, what's going on? She goes, follow me. So I started following my Corgi in my journey. And all of a sudden she turns around and transforms into, uh, Eric. this, this huge Eagle pug figure appears before me. Only he was huge. I mean, he probably took up the entire, he was the height of like the Empire State Building. He was huge. And I just felt his energy wash over me. And I've, I've done work with Archangel Michael before, and that's powerful, very powerful work. And his energy was every bit as powerful as Archangel Michael. And as it washed over me, I just started crying. It was just so bathing and healing. And I just felt so protected and it's hard to explain, but as I was, all this energy was rushing for me and I felt so grateful that he was there with me and I got to meet him. My heart rose up. I'm laying on my back on a mat. My heart rises up like this. And then my knees come up so I'm in the shape of a W. My arms are let, are, fall, are you know hanging down. Well, so my body's in the shape of a W, and I'm like, "What's happening?" And all of a sudden, I feel him just lift me up and shoot me up into the ether, into ascension. And he says to me, "Healing is instant. Humans don't need to understand what's wrong." They just need to let us heal them. And it was the most incredible experience of my life. It was beautiful, but that was the first time I had met Edic face to face, and he had waited all that time for just the right moment to introduce himself to me. Wow. That was incredible. You know it it.
0: The one thing I really love with the whole thing is when you talked about if we just let go, healing can happen in an instant. And so many people think healing has to take place over such a long period of time, especially I've been sick for this long, it's going to take me this much longer to get better. It's not. It's not. It's not.
1: (laughs) No. And that holds us back, you know, because because we expect that that's what happens.
0: And that's it. It's the expectation. Healing is going to take a long time. And I've heard people say, oh, you know, I've I've had this, say I'm, I'm 30, 40, 50, 60 years old or 70 years old. It's been this way my whole life. It's going to take me that much longer to get through it. No, it's not. It can it can happen in an instant and you're done. Yeah. You don't have to hang on to it forever. And
1: yeah. for you, and you to, don't even have to understand it. You don't right. have to know what it is. Just let it go.
0: I think that's the best thing is so many people, we try to analyze everything. I think as humans, we try to analyze everything and to step back and go, wait, I don't need to know how it works, why it works. I just need to know it It works. And to give yeah. yourself the freedom to have it work, I love the fact that they waited right till the end to, to give you that
1: information. It's like saving the best to last is kind of what I hear. Yeah, I mean, literally, I mean that they had. That's exactly what they had done with me. Instant healing, and I just didn't ever put two and two together. I didn't understand that that was what they were trying to show me. And he literally, you know, spoke it to me during that ascension I'm like and I never understood what ascension meant I'm like does that mean I'm gonna die and then you know what the heck does that mean but when he showed it to me I went oh <laughs> now I get it now get it.
0: <laughs> but it's you know what's going through that that's the thing with with the awakening and that if they would show you all that like right away you wouldn't get it all you, you just can't. No take it all in there's just yeah there's just no way to really take it all in at one time yeah but by doing it a little at a time and I like how you know you talked about there was a lot of times where it could have been very fearful but then you had this reassurance it was okay mm-hmm. and I think for people to realize I mean there's a lot of people out there that are just starting the awakening process and they're like I don't know what's going on I don't know what's what's going to happen but to know you're always taken care of. There's nothing to fear. There's always going to be that support there for you. I think that's important for people to know. And I love that they could hear it from you. Like, I didn't know what was going on, but it was, it was okay. And they were always there helping and supporting you. I think that's so important for people to realize.
1: Well, and you know, that's what faith is supposed to be, right? It's not something you do in church, you know, necessarily, we have to have faith in ourselves and in our ability to, to know the answer. And also in the process, the path, the purpose, right? I mean, just have faith. And it will literally, I mean, I used to hear people say this all the time i'm like yeah whatever but i mean i know it now because it just happened to me and you will know eventually you will know all the answers eventually but just put one foot in front of the other and just keep going you know i think that's
0: really important for people to realize you don't have to know all the answers right now you don't have to know what's going to happen you don't have to know how it's going to unfold but to just trust and know like you said have faith It's all going to work out. You're going to get exactly what you need, exactly when you need it, and it's going to be there to help you move forward, without having to fear the moving forward part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so important for people. So as you're as you've been working through this, you've been making doing the connections with these get the canine spirit guides. As you've been working with them. And now you know, at what point did you start working with people? <laughs> I mean, I mean, to, to do it on your own and kind of like sitting back and doing all this, but it's like, now you're going to like talk to people, work with people. How did that happen?
1: Yeah, that's a good story too. <laughs> <laughs> so I've always been a healer because I've, I've been a physical therapist for 30 years. I also a massage therapist and a functional medicine practitioner. I mean, I've always had a desire to fix things, to know the answers. And um, I haven't been happy with that for a while. I I knew there was something, there's got to be something more. Because with working with the physical body, you can only do so much. Right. And um, my aunt was a, a healer way before her time. She was an incredible healer, spiritual healer, also physical healer. And, you know, she, the, the family just didn't get it. You know, she, she was out there in her day, you know, so I was, little was out
0: there for a lot of people, not that yeah.
1: people. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was hesitant to step out of line, you know, to show myself, to take that route without having any idea where I was going and feel like I wasn't going to be ostracized over it. Hmm. Um, of course, once I healed, I didn't care anymore. <laughs> that's the like, difference. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, here I am world. I don't care if you like it or not. That's why I'm here. You're just <laughs> going to have to deal with it. So yeah, it, if you're still having those hesitancies, then you still got some healing to do. Cause once you're healed, you do not care what anybody thinks. Um, Absolutely. so when I wrote the book, I'm like, great, the book's done. My job's done. What's going to happen now. And and I, hi- I tried to hire a publicist and she's like, well, so what do you want to drive this advertising into? And I'm like, well, I want to sell my books because that's not, that's not how this works. You've got to have a, a um, target. You've got to have something to drive your promotions into you. You don't want to just sell a book. There's no money to be made in, in, in books. Not that I do any of this for money because <laughs> you know, that doesn't matter either. But um, I, I, I was like, what, what do you mean? I, I thought that was the end of my job, just writing the book. So my mentor says to me, well, no, sweetheart, you are meant to, you know, share this with humanity, share this with your clients. And I'm like, my clients don't want any of this. You know, what does that mean? So I had no idea what he meant at first. And I tried to hide from it. When I started promoting the book, I was just promoting the dogs. I wasn't putting my face in front of it. Right. I didn't want to come out in the world just yet. So it took me a while to understand, oh, I'm the vehicle. I'm the one who's going to teach people how to do this. I'm the one who's going to help heal them in ways they've never known were possible to spread the knowledge. But this is what my job is now. Here I was about to retire, and now I have a new job. (laughs) So... Funny um, how that happens. <laughs> yeah. And and I didn't believe him because I'm like, how can I do that? Because I didn't even know that I was psychic. Still, after writing the book, I did not understand that I was psychic. He kept telling me and I'm like, uh, I don't get it. So um, I, I did a few readings on family members and that was incredible, the stuff that came through. I was like, wow. But it's really different when you're working with someone, reading for someone that you know. versus someone you don't know, or someone you've never seen or met. And I'm thinking, okay, so is my, does my mind know this person and it's easy to connect? And so this makes sense. And I'm getting this stuff coming through that I can get, but for me to be able to read someone just by, you know, an email or, you know, a, 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 an appointment registration, how does that work? So my mentor says, okay, I give you permission to read me anytime you want the next couple months, do a reading on me, record it and send it to me. So I hesitated. I was scared to death. <laughs> Rightfully so because you just yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's a powerful clairvoyant, very powerful. And I'm like, I'm going to screw this up. It's not going to be, you know, You know, all those ego thoughts that go through your head. So I put it off as long as possible. Finally, right before our next meeting, two months later, I'm like, I got to do this. So I sit down to read him. I didn't think to tell him I was going to do it because I thought I had an open invitation. So it was a little bit tough to get into his frequency, um, and it was like swimming through mud. <laughs> it was really hard. And when I tapped in, it wasn't like anything I had experienced before. Usually the information would just come streaming in. I'd just speak it into a recorder and it, you know, it just flowed. Well, when I read him, I would get one word. About 30 seconds later, I get another word. 30 <laughs> seconds later, I get another word. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? I even said to his guides, I said, you know, am I in the right place? Am <laughs> I have the right person? <laughs> and they just kind of laughed at me. They're like, yeah, they roll their eyes at me a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay. So I just kept going. I just kept getting these single words. And so I sent him that recording. And when we met the next time, he goes, he goes, you're hilarious. <laughs> he, said, he said, you were reading a list on my computer, a list. <laughs> Of things that he was supposed to have gotten done that his guides were poking him over that he hadn't achieved yet this year and so they were just kind of rubbing salt and you know i had no idea
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> guides can be so funny they, they have a really yeah. good sense of
1: humor I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and i read the list word for word off of his like some kind of a thing he had posted on his computer and, and i'm like oh I thought I had failed the test. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so then I was like, Oh, okay. And now I'm starting to, you know, trust a little bit, have a little bit more faith. And so now I don't ever question what I hear. So that taught me a big lesson because he's been trying to tell me this whole time Worked I worked with him this, the whole last two years. And he kept trying to tell me your, your channels wide open. You're just flowing. You just need to trust it. So that taught me a lot about trust. You
0: know, and, and really this whole journey, you really have to learn to trust yourself because honestly, the stuff I'm sure the stuff you've experienced, the stuff I've experienced, it's not like the normal out there. You really have to trust what you're getting and trust that you're different. You're unique yeah. and everybody's going to wake up differently. Everybody's going everybody's gonna to experience things differently to trust what you're getting for you and don't compare yourself to somebody else.
1: Yeah. And you know, I don't listen to anyone else's channel because I don't want to get influenced by what anyone else is doing. I want my channel to be pure and I don't want to doubt my channel. So I don't listen to anyone else's work. I, I'm, I just don't want to even open that can of worms. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's that's kind of the same well for me like even when I'm doing the interviews I don't like to watch or, or listen to other people's interviews when they've interviewed someone I don't oh, like yeah. to do that because I want to look through the information and get from myself and my team what they feel would be the best for the people that are going to be listening to this broadcast
1: right right
0: and so it's like okay, I I just go through it like it's brand new, hot off the presses. No one's ever interviewed these people before in their lives. What are what's going to be most important to the people listening?
1: Yeah, and that way it's a purely organic interaction, and it's more geared towards your specific audience, right. you know. And 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 you're going to get something completely new than what someone else got from the same person. And,
0: and that's it- that's that's the thing. And I really want to showcase who the people are, who who are the people behind the book, who are the people behind the movie, who are the people behind these businesses. Who are they? Who are they really? What's what's in their heart? And I think I like to get to know the people and show people who they really are.
1: Yeah. It it shows. And I and I honor that that intention because that's important. And that that's really speaks to how We are designed to interact actually, you know, as humans, that's, that's, what's missing in society is, you know, we see things on the media and, and we instantly form a judgment. And so that, you know, that colors our interaction with that person or that experience. And even if we don't mean for it to, so it's better to have no previous knowledge and just go in open-hearted.
0: And the other thing is, and so my team is telling me now, that's a good point you just brought up. If more people, even the people they've interacted with their whole life, if they back off and take all of your preconceived notions, because we've all been hurt, there's a lot of times there's hurt, that inner hurt, and we're looking at it through a different colored lens. If we can back ourselves off and go, if this is a brand new person I've never met before in my life, how would I treat them? How would I, how would this interaction be different? And if you just try that just a few times, you'd be amazed at what can be accomplished and how you can move the relationship to a whole new level.
1: Absolutely. I love that. There, there's something that I I like to share with people because there's a common phenomenon in in spiritual healing, and that is Rebound. Oh yes. So um, you know, a client will get a tremendous amount of healing, and before you know it, they're right back where they started. And from my experience, this is what the guides have shown me: is that when we receive that spiritual healing, we our consciousness and our energetic field expands, and it rises to a new level, a new setting that we were not at previously. And I like to. Um, compare this to a change of address. So when you move, when you buy another house and you move, you fill out a forwarding address slip in this country, right? So when you have this energetic shift, you have to remember to fill out your forwarding address because now you're not here anymore. You're over here. And what happens is the people that knew you previously are still looking for you at your old address, And that's, that's what messes things up because you're over here and they're still trying to interact with you in this energy. And so what happens is you get uncomfortable being here by yourself and you come back to your old address just so you can make the connection, the old connection for people that aren't at the new frequency. So you don't hold your commitment to your new position. You slide back to your old position because it's more comfortable there.
0: So, I like that. I, I like that analogy and letting people know when you're feeling that slide back, don't come down in yourself. Just know, because honestly, that when you start on this journey and you start ascending or moving yourself forward, you're putting yourself at a different frequency. Sometimes yeah. you can be a little lonely. There's not as many people up there.
1: No. <laughs> and, you know, I, this is where I've never struggled because You know, if you read my book, (laughs) I've been alone most of my life. I've always been a lone wolf. And the one thing that has helped me get through everything I've been through is that I've been okay being alone. And this doesn't mean I'm a hermit. I like people, but I'm not willing to sacrifice me just to be around other people. So that's an asset to this type of work because I'm less likely to backslide. So I can move forward whole hog and never look back. I don't care who's there with me. I'm going to be where I need to be. Just like um, that cheetah, I'm going to do what I need to do. I don't care who's around me. If you want to come, that's great. If you don't, I'll see you later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and that, that's very true because the more
0: you become more comfortable in who you are, then you're okay with and I always say whoever you whoever doesn't come with or whoever doesn't resonate with you because honestly a lot of times they don't want to interact with you either you're you're trying to interact with them they're not comfortable with you either anymore yeah if you move forward you're going to find people who are and you're opening yourself up to finding new people who resonate with you who you can have a lot deeper relationship with so it's a win-win absolutely.
1: yeah <laughs> it, it, it just feels uncomfortable for a little bit but you're gonna have a new set of people that you can interact with yeah
0: absolutely and that's as as you've been doing this and you've been and you've been doing this i'm just hearing from them you've been interacting with your dogs on a spiritual level for many 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 years you just didn't realize it until yeah. you started interacting with the spirit guides the canine spirit guides yeah. <laughs> that's when you realize that you had been interacting as much on a deeper level yeah and they're saying you knew you were interacting but they're saying on a deeper level you knew how you were interacting it was more of understanding how you were interacting yeah with
1: well yeah because i just thought it was luck you know, I've all of my dogs called to me before I found them. They actually called me to come find them. So, I thought it was just luck that I was able to locate a a, a dog over in East Germany when the guy had no internet or you know doesn't speak English. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that that's was your luck.
0: Yeah, that was really good luck. Yeah, yeah, that uh, just mark it down, check mark, luck. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you know, I just. I just went with it. I didn't know how it worked. I just went with it. So how do, so people
0: now, and you've been saying how this has been changing your life, how it's made you so much happier, so much different for people who want to start connecting into this and, and understanding how they can connect with their dogs, maybe on a spiritual level, what would you recommend to them?
1: Okay. Read the book. (laughs) (laughs) that's a great starting place because that way you can get used to the frequency of the canine guides and it will give you a demonstration of how this could be happening in your life because it's very insidious and it's also, um, they're very covert. So they're not going to stand up in front of you with a sign to say, I'm trying to get you to leave your boyfriend. (laughs) You know, they're they're not going to be that obvious because they're not allowed to be, right? Um, and that's not their, you know, that's not what they do here. They do in other other, other dimensions, but not here. Um, that's against the rules here. But um, the first thing you have to do, the first thing I did was I learned to meditate, so that I could develop that connection with myself, with my higher self, with my My personal guides with the divine, and then only then could more come through. Um, But I will say it's not magic. You have to be willing to dump the tanks. This is what I say all the time. You've got to do the hard work to get the lower frequencies resolved because you can't expand frequencies. You can't expand spiritually, with the, the lower frequencies holding you down. So you're not going to be able to rise up in that hot air balloon and have this great visionary um, meditative experience when you have the lead weight of the lower vibrations holding you down on the planet, right? So um, you have to be willing to do the deep work. And I will tell you, it's not hard. <laughs> it can happen like that, but it can be scary for some, for some people because they think it's going to be hard because they think it's going to be ugly or they're not sure what they're going to find out about themselves. Trust me. I've, I learned a lot about myself and all of it was loving. All of it was about restoring the harmony and the connection and the peace And all I had to do is let it go, but you need to have that intention to do that or else it won't happen. So that's what I tell people. The first step is get, spend a little bit of time meditating. You don't have to do a lot. 20 minutes is a lot, especially when you're first getting started. And I do have a meditation course on my webpage that is designed just for this very thing. And it actually contains a a frequency that will help you achieve that it's a channeled program. But um, that to me is where I usually have people start aside from doing, you know, sessions with the canine spirit guides, because that will escalate you really quickly, if you want to do that.
0: That's awesome. And for people who want to work with you, how you do things online? Mm-hmm. How, how does that work for you? And what type of things can they do with you online?
1: Yeah, so all of my sessions are virtual. I see people from all over the world. Um, and when when we do a private, I can do a private session. I also have group events that are scheduled and that's on my website. Also I do, you know, my own podcast where I'm delivering channeled messages from the canine guides. And then we're instantly doing a healing session around that message. So that's in my podcast. It's on my YouTube channel. Um, In the um, private sessions that I do, I first connect with the client's energy and I download the message or the information that you need to know at this very moment. And at that point, the specific guide that wants to work with you will come forward and they will give me a bit of a preview of what needs to happen during our session together. So by the time we meet, I have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen. Sometimes <laughs> they won't tell me everything. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because we're in flow, right? So if I'm meeting with them 30 minutes before the appointment, a lot can change 30 minutes. So sometimes they'll say, Let just this is the guide you're working with, and we'll tell you what to do when we get there. Some other times they download exactly what they're going to be working on in the healing session, and I kind of see what it's going to look like. But when I get in front of the client, then I deliver the message, the wisdom. And that wisdom can be anything. It can be about this lifetime. It could be a previous lifetime. It could be a job change. It could be an illness, you know, anything. It, sky's a limit as far as they're concerned. Um, and then I'll, I'll ask if you want to proceed with the offering they have given me to deliver you. Nobody said no, um, but you always have that choice. If you're too weirded out you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. Um, but then okay. we'll go- right into the healing right then and there. And and the healing session is kind of like a guided meditation. We, We do a meditation together and the guide will come in and I'll channel them in. And then I'll describe everything that's happening to you, whether, you know, the guide is working with a certain chakra or a certain part of your body, or, you know, the mass that we talked about with Oregon, or some emotions that you're holding in certain parts of your body, or memories that you're holding onto, they'll explain all of that to you and, and describe in detail what they're doing about it. Are they removing it? Dissecting it? Are they giving you an upgrade? Are they cleansing you? Are they giving you a patch? I've had them do patches before, um, and yes. and you know, and in the end, what they end up doing is whatever they clear out. They bring in your own source energy to fill that spot, to seal it in so that instantly you're getting an an elevated frequency from the session. And then they send you home with homework. So the, the guided part that we do together is recorded separately. And you have that on audio file and they'll tell you exactly how to use it to keep that frequency going, to keep it circulating so you don't lose connection with it. And it keeps you, it keeps the healing going longer. So you can sustain it until either we have another session together or um you decide you're ready for something different. But that that makes you more successful with maintaining that new address.
0: I like that. I think that's really important for people to know. This is it's not just that moment, but a continuing moment, a continuing healing, a continuing understanding. Because a lot of times, even the things we're seeing here today, you might get part of it now another t- part you'll you remember another part of it later it's that yeah. continual. very exciting yeah I want to say I don't we've been going over I just I just want to say I am so thankful I had you on today I'm so thankful and appreciative of you being here I think Thank it's you. such a big help for so many people so many people especially especially that so my team is just saying there's so many people out there that are starting on the awakening process. And with you working with the dogs and the canine spirits, it makes it a little less fearful yeah. for them to step into this awakening process. Yeah. They're just, saying, just so thankful for you for doing that and for stepping out of your comfort zone to Thank help you. so many people with it.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank
0: you oh, so much. <laughs> you are so welcome. So is there anything else? and uh, Do you have anything coming up or anything else you'd like to cover before we close for today?
1: Um, well, if they're interested in working with the guides, just check my webpage because I'm always adding events. And I, right now I think I do have a group event coming up that's virtual. So nice. um, anybody can participate in that. And, um, you know, check out, check out the, um, podcast and you can experience the frequency for yourself there. It's, it's really incredible, incredible work that they're bringing through and they will stop me in my tracks and make me record a podcast. (laughs) The other day I was in my pajamas, no, no makeup, no hair done. They're like, do it now. I'm like, okay. (laughs) That's called trust. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So it's some incredible healing frequency that's coming through. Um, And the one thing they always like for me to leave people with is what we've already said is that healing is not meant to be a journey. It's not meant to be hard. It's not meant to take a long time. It's really meant to be instant. And all we have to do is just want it and ask for it. And it's ours.
0: I love that. I really love that because so many people think it's such a difficult, hard process and it doesn't need to be. It's only as difficult as we make it. Like you said before, it's as difficult as we make it. And some of us make it pretty darn difficult.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's all right. (laughs) That's okay. But you'll move through to be easier afterwards. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
0: I love it. Well, thank you so much, Heatherly. I appreciate thank it you. so much. And I encourage everybody to make sure she's got the free uh ebook. You can go on her website, heatherlystrom.com and you can go on to the other one. Oh, I just moved it. it was canine.
1: Canine Spirit Guides. Canine
0: Spirit Guide. It's like it moved on the different page.
1: <laughs> and there's also a free healing meditation from Anthea on my webpage well that's really incredible
0: nice so definitely go ahead and check that out so go on her website and also know that she's on facebook instagram tiktok youtube check out her podcast i'm going to be checking that out i'm going to be checking out the healing things there and you have she has coaching consulting mentoring the books courses and virtual and in-person events and sessions so make sure to please check out Heather Lee, check out all of her information and I am going to be checking out more after this. (laughs) So thank you so much Heather Lee for being here. I appreciate it greatly. And my team is just saying thank you for having the courage to use your voice (laughs) forward. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And with that, I just want to say thank you again. Thank you so much for your time, for sharing your knowledge. And I want to also remind everyone out there, make sure to watch the next episode. This is their Edge Talk Radio on the first and third Tuesdays of the month at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And if you've missed any of the episodes, no worries. All the episodes are available as downloadable podcasts on all of your favorite podcast aspects on Apple, on Google Podcasts, on all of the other podcasts. And also, make sure to go on my YouTube channel, Angela Zabel, Teacher Coach Medium, and check out the replay of this this session, of this interview. You can check out the replay and you can see some of the pictures, see some of the other things, and you can see Heather Lee. And what a cool thing is that. (laughs) Yeah. So... Thank you all for being here. Thank you for listening, expanding, and amplifying our universe together. Have an amazing day.